Welcome to Tiki Central, Canada. Ever wonder what is in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, yeah. Me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. Wow, he has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and oh, God, get me a drink now. Here are your hosts, Craig and Cam, and their wacky views and drinks, life, and maybe information? How's it going? We're hey, back. Everybody. Oh my God. So, uh, sorry for the delay, folks, by the way, on uh, the podcast. We just came back from vacation. I got to say, man, I am completely pooped. <laughs> so, you, you need a vacation from the vacation? Yes. I don't think your job is going to let you do that. Well, you know, that's basically what my boss <laughs> told me as well, despite my, uh, my best efforts. But, uh, you know what? So, it was worth it anyway. <laughs> So this is episode three. It, so this is like kind of like, you know, like, hey, like the Star Wars thing, like the, the trilogy. Yeah. So, so, so we're at the last one of the prequel. So, uh, wait, no, we didn't do the prequel. We, we didn't do, you know, Cam as a baby. Mm. <laughs> mm. I think we personally... Uh, I think and, we should just this, stay away from that altogether, shouldn't we? This is more for your guys' benefit than mine. I really oh, think okay. we should stay away from that. Because that's like what, paid therapy or something? A lot of screaming and poop. Okay. <laughs> Well, let's explain who we are and what we're doing. So sure. this is actually uh, TikiCentralCanada.com. And uh, my name's Craig Stevens. I've been in the industry for 25 years. Um, mostly behind the bar, managing as well. And I got to a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be behind the bar and enjoy myself and uh, create cocktails. And I've done some cocktail programs. And I'm actually doing mm-hmm. right right now oh, as we speak. It. So um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And we'll yeah. see where it goes. Right on. And Cam, my co-host. Yeah, my name's Cam. Uh, been living in Ottawa for approximately the last 13 years. Prior to that, I, uh, I grew up, born and raised in Vancouver. Uh, I decided that I wanted to live in a place where I could actually, at least in theory, own and operate a home. Uh, so <laughs> that's what you want to call it. Yeah, sure, but, okay. uh, but no, I, I, uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm quite pleased. I got to spend some time uh, with my family over the holidays in Vancouver. Nice. Uh, parents moved into a new place. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, I could still not afford to live there. But, uh, you know, that was the price. Isn't that the uh, the way it always works out? It really is. Uh, You're living in like a one-bedroom apartment, and they're living in a giant mansion, and you're like, hey, look what I could have down the line. Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) But but quite frankly, uh, I think I'm happier in Ottawa. Yeah, to, uh, I'm happy that you're here, Cam. So drive you know a Bentley. So uh, yeah, hey. I I'm I'm glad What's to be a back home. Anyways, uh, it's a big ugly car. <laughs> I know what it is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I mean, I guess uh, I guess you know now that holiday time is over, it's uh, now we uh, got to get to work. Now that's that's exactly it. Okay, so this episode is going to be all about pirates and uh, rum. Pirates. So I mean. I don't know how to bring this up, but I've spent uh, many years uh, pirating, if if you could say that, various bits of uh, you know music and software. Uh, <laughs> Not I don't really quite see the how same thing, you know what oh, I mean? No? Oh, okay. Well, what are we talking about then, Craig? So the reason why we're talking about pirates is because when you talk about the history of rum, and then you're talking about the Caribbeans, and when you talk about mm. the Caribbeans, you're talking about 
trade between England, Spain, and France. Most those are the main three countries that are involved. Sure. And the wars that they went through, and so therefore you're talking about privateers, um, navy, and pirates. And so and like 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 when are we talking about this? What kind of what so kind of we're looking time? at between the 1600s and all the way through to um, late 1700s, 1800s, even the beginning of the 1800s. Wow. Yeah, this all came about. In 1492, Christopher Columbus disco- discovered the Caribbeans in North America. Mm. Yes. So, so, so uh, what relation does this have to rum? I mean, I remember okay. you were telling me a little bit so, about... So, rum comes from sugarcane, right. which actually is produced in the Caribbeans. Okay, so, so Columbus discovered sugarcane as well? Well, no, not exactly. Of? So, one of the papas mm. in his first adventure over in 1492, mm-hmm. 1492, he discovered all these uh, Caribbean islands and the North America territories, the colonies right. or the, the coastline. Right. So, now on his second journey, his second voyage over in 1493, mm-hmm. this is when he brought over sugarcane. And planted back it to back to back England, to the Caribbeans. He brought it from Spain, and he brought from it Spain, right? Because over to English. yeah, because it was basically the perfect climate to to make sugar cane. And of course, sugar back then and spices were the biggest thing in England and France and Spain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, from that, they actually did not know all the other things that go involved, like we talked about with molasses. Mm-hmm. So now, mo- I remember that. I mean, maybe you could just refresh my memory a little bit. So. To make rum, you need molasses. Is that correct? Correct. It's a byproduct of sugarcane. And back then, they actually, they did not know, like we talked about before, they did not know molasses would eventually turn into rum. I see. They just saw it as a byproduct and got rid of it. Mm. Yeah. So what they did is that the plantation's uh, slaves, um, when they weren't picking uh, sugarcane, yeah. actually fermented it. And then that's when they realized, actually, you can make alcohol from this. Oh, you're kidding me. So so they didn't it actually realize them. that... that I mean, it was essentially an accidental discovery of mass incarceration. Exactly. So, uh, well, I mean, while you're back at your camp, or whatever they had for the slaves. Mm-hmm. Slave was, quarters, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the quarters they had. Horrible conditions. It's yeah. like, well, we've got this sugar molasses byproduct that, uh, you know, that they're not using. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can make something from it. Mm-hmm. I see. And okay. that's where alcohol began. So, so rum is kind of the, the, the toilet booze of the Caribbean. <laughs> yes. It's not the, yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay. But go on, go on. So um, back then also to uh, the very first island that uh, did the first trade of rum was mm-hmm. Barbados. Right. At least the one it's registered as, yes. Right. So right. Um, Barbados is also the home turf for uh, Barcardi. Mm-hmm. And that's where Bacardi has its home, its home base. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. these are the jokers that waste a bunch of rum to. As we talked about, three hundred thousand gallons of rum get wasted by these guys a year <sighs> just to wash out the bottles. Just say, hey, you know, it's purified as is. You see, that's annoying j- just on the level of wasting alcohol, but it it gets extra annoying when I remember you told me that rum also doubled as a currency. That's right. So rum at the point back then uh, with the navy. And even with pirates, that's what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. um, it was a currency. So you would be on your boat, you would be getting two rations a day, one in the morning, one later on in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and the rum portions uh, were given out to all the sailors. Now, you were thinking, I'm sure everybody else is thinking, like, well, that's great, man. I'm on a boat, I'm a pirate, I'm getting rum. This is freaking awesome, right? Well, what could you ask for? Uh, well, the thing you have to think about is, okay, that the, the climate or the conditions that they were in. So... You're on a boat. The space that you have for yourself is basically the length of a hammock. Mm -hmm. um, And then you had a little chest to put all your personal stuff in. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. There'd be times where you wouldn't see uh, land for months on end. Mm -hmm. Then you've got scurvy. You've got lack of fresh water, um, lack of hygiene. 
right? Well, that's uh, not a no showers there. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes lack of food. So it rum was kind of the way to get through it. You know what I mean? Right. It was right. more of a coping mechanism rather than a party mechanism. Exactly. So Same. it was portioned out twice a day. Yeah. Um, the Navy did that and actually did it all the way through. Like we talked about before. It all we did it up to 1970s. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, and I remember that. And and at some point, wasn't it sort of referred to as the blood of of Nelson or Nelson's blood? Yes. Yeah. Nelson's blood. So what the story behind that is, is that at one point, this Admiral Nelson, mm-hmm. uh, Horatio Hornblower. He was killed in the colonial right. war here on the nor- in the North America territories. Right. Um, and to transport his body back to England took quite a long time. So what they did is he put him in a big, huge yeah. cask, and he put rum in there to preserve his body. Ah, right. So what ended up happening, though, because it's a long journey, well, they ran out of rum. So running out of rum, they're like, well, we've got this cask here of you know, rum in here, so let's just tap into that. And that's actually what's called tapping the admiral. <laughs> I have a slightly different meaning. It's a slightly that. different meaning. Um, anyway, so from that, they would actually tap, and eventually by the time he got back to England, his actually, the cask that he was previously preserved in of mm-hmm. rum uh, was gone. It was just the body. It's just been completely sucked dry. It's actually sucked dry by the, wow. by the, by the Navy. Wow. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I have to say that for myself, and don't get me wrong, I certainly enjoy a tipple, but having several rations of rum every day would likely leave me a little wobbly leg, particularly on a, uh, you, you know, on a seafaring ship. Right. Um, so I remember you mentioning something about, uh, God forbid, watering down the drinks. Right. I know. And of course we don't do that to this day, right? No, of you course know. not. Thank never, God. never. Um, so what they ended up happening was that, um, in 1740, uh, Admiral Vernon, okay. Mm. Who actually was part of the, the, the basically the, in charge of the, uh, British Navy mm. said, well, okay, my men are not being productive on these boats. And so I need to find a way to make them productive, but also still ration out rum because obviously they're not going to sell on the seas if I don't give them the rum rations. Right. So what I did is he decided that, okay, we're going to do a one-to-one ratio. So what we do is we water it down. So you're still getting your rum. And don't forget back then too, the rum was actually 80% alcohol. Okay. So really when you water it down, you're pretty well right where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was called grog back then. And the reason why it was Go called grog, grog. It's because Admiral Vernon wore his jacket. It was made out of grog, grogum, which grog. is um, hmm. kind of a canvas, waterproof canvas. So from that, the word grog came from. I see. Okay. Um, so it was sort of like like stamped on uh, this uh, this ne'er do well admiral uh, ever since that time. Right. Exactly. So every day jacket. when he portioned it out, they'd add a little bit of water to it and then serve right. it out to the sailors. Right. Okay. Now, you're probably going to say, well, well, how would they know exactly what the portion would be? Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what they would do, and this is actually where the word proof actually came from, um, what they would do is you would take a little bit of the rum, mm-hmm. a little bit of gunpowder, mm-hmm. and then light it. And if it lit, it was proof that it was actually a rum. So right, that's because alcohol is flammable. And yeah, yeah, so okay. that's actually where the word proof came from. Um, and also, too, depending on the color of the flame, how high the content would be of the rum. I see. Yeah, so if it was a high, say, of a blue tinge of a flame or something, it was a higher content than, say, an orange tinge of a flame. Mm. Yeah, and that's how they actually how they would prove that the, the rum portion is actually is still not being too watered down, mm-hmm. but it's still, you know, hmm. 
Yeah, it's good to go. You're, you know, I'm going to try that on some of my stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, uh, so just so, so FYI, I don't do it on your drinks, by the way. I should hope not. <laughs> if you did, you were mentioning Columbus. Yes. Earlier. Yes. And then I kind of uh, digressed a little bit. So it's, it's okay. It's what you're here for. Yeah, Hello. Do my best. So, yeah. so what, what's the deal with Columbus and with pirates? You said that that it was England or or at least major European powers. Yeah. So powers Columbus actually sailed for Spain. Yeah. But actually, he's an Italian. Mm-hmm. So he was an Italian strong song for Spain. So what up happened is that Spain took over and claimed all of the Caribbeans and the bottom half of North America. Mm-hmm. They're the first ones to get there. Right. So they claimed it. And they were bringing back spices and all these other things, trinkets and things like that from there. Mm-hmm. Also gold. Um, gold bullion from the mines. Sure. Okay. So what up happened is that England and France were like, well, we need to get a part of this. Mm. The problem is, is that when you uh, are sailing across the sea, it's very expensive. Yeah. Right. It's expensive to sell a big boat with a full crew going across the sea with no guarantee that they're actually going to survive the journey as well. Or come back. Exactly. So what ended up happening was that they had what's called privateers. Mm -hmm. So privateers, what they were, was a person that would be given a boat, a crew, and say you're going to sell on behalf of England. Let's say example. Mm -hmm. And when you go and attack these boats or ships from Spain Mm -hmm. or from the lands the Caribbean islands that you go to, mm-hmm. I am, you're going to get a bit of a cut and the rest goes to us. The rest goes back to the country. Hmm. So what ended up happening was that that's what privateers were. So they were... They're they subcontractors. Yes, yeah, they had petitions. They had things showing that, yes, they had the right to represent they're from England or France or Spain. Right. And then they would go off and fight against uh, Spanish ships or French ships or whatever it was right. um, and claim their treasures. Them. Okay, so, so, so pirates actually were created by the governments exactly. that eventually so, had to hunt them down? Exactly. So we talked Typical. about privateers. So how do you go from privateer to pirate? Well, the problem was a couple things. One, that the petition or the legislation that you had had an expiration date on it. Okay, sure. So yeah. all of a yeah, sudden you're sense. like, well, uh, it's expired, but I still am in still the Caribbean fighting. Privateer some stuff. Right. So, And the other thing that also came involved was that these people that were privateers were going, well, wait a minute now, I'm getting a small cut. And I'm taking the most risk. Of course, yeah. I mean, so it's very why would I country. not just take it all and claim it for myself hmm. and just not go back to my homeland, right? Because hmm. the Caribbean hmm. is a really nice place. I mean, we've all been there, right? So it's a really nice place to live. So why not? Why go back? Right. So right. that's what pirates came involved. I see. Okay. Now. So, so what's the distinction between a pirate and a privateer? Okay. So the privateer is one who actually has the legislation from the country, the country to say, yes, you are fighting on our behalf. And that you have every legal right um, to whatever, you know, the, the portion of whatever it is that you've taken over. Right. right? So you get a percentage of that. Right. Right. And the thing is, too, like you see, if you meet, see, example, if you're a privateer for Spain and you meet another boat from Spain that's a privateer, then you're okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you both mm-hmm. are, have both have your legislation, your petitions to say, yes, we're fighting on behalf of Spain. Right. Yeah. Now you get into pirates that we talked about. Then the other thing also that would happen was that. These, these ships would actually dock into um, docks in Caribbean Islands. Sure. And they'd go to the locals and say, hey, like, you know, I need more men on my ship. Right. Yeah. So, hey, grunts. guess what? Yeah. Tell you what, you do a contract with me, you sign up with me, you sail with me for six months, and you'll get a cut. Mm-hmm. So now you've got locals who are now either pirates or privateers. Mm. Um, and then also the same thing as the Navy. So the, the switch over from Navy to privateer to pirate to locals. Mm. Was a very sometimes it would happen several times to in one person's life. I see. You know right. what I mean? Like you could be a local, then also you're a pirate, and okay, well, no, they got a petition now. They're a privateer. 
Oh no, mm. no, no, no. Now they're back to being a pirate again. And then maybe, okay, I've got some sailor experience. Now I'm going to go work for the Navy. Right. right. So it was really, very really easy for someone to just fly you know, in and out of these. alliances and, and uh, a lot of sort of freelancers, I right. guess. Right. So the line, the definition line is very vague. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's very easy to jump from one to the next. Right, I see. Right? Oh, yeah. And that's that's why we're talking about this. Yeah. No, I mean, it, uh, if I were a local and, you know, I'd been dealing with... Uh, you know, a couple of decades of jerks coming into my place and wrecking <laughs> stuff. Uh, I might want to get. A I want to be a part too. Then, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. So let's talk about the the Drake that we're going to talk about today, and that mm. is actually the daiquiri. And the reason why that the daiquiri is the Drake that we're talking about today, and of course we're talking about parts, mm-hmm. is actually the parts were the very first ones to make the daiquiri. Which is interesting because when you think about it, or at least when I think about it, I feel that the daiquiri is far too fancy for pirates, but. Well, because you think about it, okay, so it's rum, right? Mm-hmm. Check. Lime juice, which we talked about because a scurvy would be added to the rum. Right, yeah, to, right? to limit the teeth falling out. And all exactly, that. and all that stuff. And then sometimes the rum is so strong that if you did an extra duty on the boat, they mm-hmm. would actually, you can get add sugar to make it a little sweeter so it's not so rough around the edges. Oh, okay. So okay. you got lime juice, sugar, and rum, and you got yourself a daiquiri. What do you know? And so pirates were the first ones actually to make a daiquiri. Now, obviously, back then, they were like, well, they didn't think about copywriting it. No. But uh, that's, from all the research I've done and stuff like that, the pirates were actually the first ones to make this drink. Well, I'll be So it's pretty cool. And the Navy, actually. Well, and the Navy, too, right? So they they went full capitalist, I guess. Now, so, (laughs) (laughs) now the history of the drink is kind of copyrighted and is, you know, in legislature, it's, it's written down, mm-hmm. is about a guy named Jennings Stock Cox. And yes, that is actually his name. Oh, that's great. Jennings Cox. Um, he was the first one to uh, basically to invent the daiquiri back in 1902. Mm-hmm. And what it was is that he was, um, so it's in Cuba. And so one day he had some people over at his house and he ran out of gin. Now, back then, gin was more popular than rum. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A lot of the drinks Due to we the see Brits, today, we see a lot of gin. Yeah. Um, well, because gin was, is, it, has, it's, it has more history. It's older. Right. 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 So he ran out of gin. So he figured, okay, what I'll do is I'll make something with rum, but I'll disguise it. I'll add some sugar in there and some lime okay. juice in there. Right. So they loved it. And next thing you know, he's now famous for making the daiquiri. Hmm. <laughs> So, I mean, other than, uh, like, I mean, so I, I know what he used to make daiquiris, and you already yes. said, you know, you, you need sugar, you need some type of alcohol, gin, I guess. So an aged and rum. lime. Okay, but an uh, aged rum. Okay, yes, so, so, rum. so this is sort so of the official modern. So originally when modern? he made drinks back then, he made, with, he made drinks with gin. Right. But the daiquiri actually is rum. He made it with rum, and that's where okay. it came from. Okay. Yeah. Now, the rum that I use on this drink, it is another aged rum. It is Havana Club. Um, the reason why I use Havana Club because actually is made in Cuba, mm-hmm. and that's where the drink originated. That's it. So why much better a rum to use than the actual rum that they used to mm-hmm. make the rum mm-hmm. the, the daiquiris back then? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you go actually go down to Havana in Cuba, mm-hmm. um, there is this huge famous uh, bar down there where they make daiquiris like no tomorrow. They're spitting them out every five seconds out of blenders. Oh, and they actually have a slushy machine that just spits out daiquiris. Oh, wow. Nonstop. Wow. Yeah. Because I remember, now I was down in Cuba a while back and uh, the big deal uh, back then was, was mojitos, but this is, uh, w- w- which are also delicious beverages, but yeah, don't, don't have, rum, right? yeah, well, yeah, no, absolutely yeah. made with rum, but don't have the cachet of the daiquiri. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's, that's very interesting. Now, now the Veta Club, okay, is actually made in Cuba. So if you think about, okay, 
We get Havana Club up here in Canada. Mm-hmm. We actually get it from Cuba. Mm-hmm. Now, well, what about the states, right? Because states and well, Cuba, yeah, they don't get along, right? Bit of an embargo going so on. So what happens there? They have a Havana Club in the states. Mm-hmm. But what actually is that Bacardi actually bought their, that rights to sell it to the states through Havana Club. I understand. Okay. So if you actually it's look at an American bottle of Havana Club, you'll see actually it's made by Bacardi. And mm-hmm. it's actually made in Puerto Rico. Uh, so they can okay. get away from paying duties and shipping extra duty fees and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. that's no, exactly that why sense. it's there. Mm-hmm. So the, one of the things that uh, I want to talk about also too today is we talk about, always talk about tools. And you're always kind of keen on like asking me like, well, what's this tool do? I always see that on the bar. What's this tool do? I always see that on the bar. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think it's interesting. They're, you know, they're always fairly fancy looking and, and I'm all thumbs. And, <laughs> <you know. coughs> Sorry, cough, cold. Mm. Um, so okay, so let's, season. Let's, yes, I know. I'm, I'm just getting over it, and it's driving me crazy. I want to get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the shaker. So today we're going to talk about the shaker. So there are actually uh, three different kinds of shakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first shaker I want to talk about is what's called the three-piece shaker or the cobbler shaker. Right. And what that actually is, is it actually does have three pieces to it. Mm-hmm. See the main shaker part, and then it has like kind of like a bottleneck top to it, mm-hmm. and then it has a little cap on top that you can right. take off, and that's when you strain it. Right, right. No, um, I've seen these. Like, you see seen this almost in every speed yeah. bar that's out there because they're really fast to use. Mm-hmm. Um, also, too, in the Asian community, mm-hmm. uh, this is actually the main shaker they use for all their drinks, and the reason why they do that is because they make one drink at a time. So... North America, where bartenders were known to make massive amount of drinks in one shot, right? Right, like rum and coke. I can make five rum and cokes in one shot. Oh, bang, 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 bang. Right, right. But in the Asian community, in in their culture, it is is critical that every drink is made specifically, perfectly, and measured out exactly, and everything is. And it's also too. It's also a presentation. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of a show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When so, you go through the routine, it's like, no, I want the routine for my drink. That's right. I paid for the routine. Exactly. Gosh yeah. darn it. <laughs> so you'll see that more in the Asian community, the three-piece, the see. cobbler. Okay. Now what you see in most of our bars is the next one, which is called the Boston Shaker. Mm-hmm. That's the one where you see it's the, the steel tin bottom, mm-hmm. and either it'll be a glass top that's mm-hmm. sort of tucked inside it, yep. or a steel top that's tucked inside it. Yeah. And then they shake that up, and then they break that open and apart, and then they and then strain, they strain it from there. Exactly. Right. So that's the one that's more common. You'll see in all of our bars because mm-hmm. that's a faster way of making them. Sure. Um, also, too, you can make several drinks in one shaker with that because of the size and the volume that it takes in. Okay. But but the same drink. The exact same drink. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying is that you can make. Yeah. But yeah. Exactly. You can pour you can. like several rums and coke like you were yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Right. You can make the same drink multiple times. The other one you're going to see, and this is mostly in Europe, it's called the French uh, shaker. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the cobbler, but it doesn't have the little top that comes off the top. So that little bottleneck top part is all one piece. Okay, yeah. No, it's I've a little more fancier. Yeah, I've seen those as well. Um, yeah. They usually use them for martinis most of the time sure. in, in some of the cocktail bars I've been in. Um, but it's, it, they're more common in, in the European culture. I've seen those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's our shaker. Okay. Cool. Okay, very cool. Did you know? All right, so now it's time for Did You Know? All right, so Captain Morgan, the brand name for the rum that we see around the world, right? I know him well. Yeah, everyone knows him well. very well. Actually, he had very little to do with rum. Very little. Hmm. Um, he basically would attack French and Spanish ships. So well, the French like ship... a stand-up guy. <laughs> well, hi, it's Captain, 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 Captain. 
<laughs> <laughs> so uh, he would attack, attack, sorry, uh, take over French and Spanish ships. Now, French were known for their wine, and Spanish yeah. ships were known for their brandy. Oh, really? um, okay. Yes. Only the English ships actually had rum. Okay. okay. Now, there was probably a little bit of rum involved, but for the most part, he was very little to do with rum. Mm-hmm. So you, I'm sure you, you, you're asking yourself, well, well, why is he involved in, in the whole rum concept, right? Well, yeah, but I'm also asking myself, like, was he raiding these ships solely for their alcohol? Um, no, because there's also, too, like, gold bullion on there, oh, treasures, okay. pearls. Okay. I mean, when you raid a ship, it, yeah, rum is part of the, the package deal sure. that you're getting off that boat. But right. also, too, you've got, like, you know, like, gems and Doubloons. gold and, you know, cold coins and pieces of eight. Right. Right. Oh, right those stuff. pieces of yeah, eight. Yeah, pieces of eight. <laughs> so the reason why he's actually involved in the rum and we see him in all the brandings of rum is because he lived, retired in Jamaica. And he actually lived in this town called Port Royal. Okay. In Jamaica. Now, Port Royal. It rings yes. a bell, but, you know, just, just looking at our, uh, our map. Know, highly detailed map of the Caribbean <laughs> here, I don't I don't think I see a it. state-of-the-art map we have here in the office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the reason why you're not going to see that is because you have to go back to when uh, Captain Morgan was actually living. And he was actually signed as the lieutenant governor in November 19, sorry, 16, why do I keep going 19? I don't know. 1674. It's those up di- upside down nines. Uh, I don't know what it is. Mm. Okay, so anyways, he was lieutenant governor in November 1674, and so that's when he returned back to Jamaica. Now, he died in 1688. Hmm. Now, what ended up was the reason why you can't find it on the map is because after he died, a couple of years later, there was actually this horrendous earthquake, and oh. it viciously shook the town so much that it actually cut Port Royal right off the map of Jamaica and sank into the water. Holy smokes. It's yeah. like a modern day Atlantis. Yeah, it's almost like Atlantis. Yeah. So this is a really cool thing. I've actually done some really research, research on this, mm-hmm. and Jamaica is now looking, investing into billions and trillions of dollars to mm-hmm. make an underwater excursion where you can go look at Port Royal because it's still there, intact. Holy smokes. So you literally, I don't know if it's going to be subs or underground tunnels or whatever it's going to be, but mm-hmm. you'll be able to see Port Royal like you would see Atlantis. Wow. Yeah, and that's going to be in Jamaica. Sign me so, up. So I can't wait for it to happen because I'm so going. <laughs> so, like, I mean, you know, perhaps uh, Captain Morgan is the only pirate captain to have actually sunk a city into the ocean. <laughs> Without um, even trying, right? Yeah, but, but look, I mean, I've, I've heard of other famous pirates right. and stuff. Like, so, he wasn't the only game in town. No, 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 no. There was plenty of pirates. So another big pirate that everyone knows, of course, is Captain Blackbeard. Good old Blackbeard. Now, Blackbeard, yeah. the reason why he is probably one of the most famous pirates is because he actually would have these hemp, uh, pieces of hemp uh, all twisted in his hair. And hmm. what he would do is when he would go into battle, he would light the hemp. And so when you came onto your boat and attacked you, all you'd see is his hair was basically on fire and just smoldering and smoke and everything. Holy cow. So the guy was pretty creepy. I'm flashing <laughs> back to a couple of, you know, campfires in my teen years. But <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, another interesting part fact, okay, the Jolly Ra- Roger. We've all heard that, right? Yeah, it's, it's, the it's the skull and crossbones. Right. It's the classic. Well, here's a, here's a little, little bit of a tip of information. The Jolly Roger actually was a red flag that the pirates would use to uh, say that they're pirates. Every ship has a flag, be it a mm-hmm. country or whatever it is. Sure. So back yeah. then, it actually was a red flag they actually put up. Huh. And so what Jolly Roger means is that obviously Rouge is red. Red, yeah. And Jolly is um, 
Pretty Red, I think it is. Oh, Jolie. Yeah, Jolie Rouge. Yeah, Pretty Red. Pretty Red. Right. So that's exactly what it meant. And also, too, it meant No Mercy. So, in other words, no blood. Blood, yeah. Yeah. No mercy. We're going to cut you. (laughs) Yeesh. Exactly. So, 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 I mean, speaking of kind of flags and that kind of thing. Yes. um, You know, if I'm a merchant, say, and I'm sailing along minding my own business. Yes. uh, And, you know, I I look across the to the horizon and there's some jerk flying a Jolie Rouge flag. I'm going to do my darndest to get the heck out of there. Away from him, right? Yeah. So So how did the pirates get so close to them? Exactly. Yeah. So how a pirate would actually attack another ship was that every like I said, every ship would have a flag. Sure, right, so yeah. be it Spanish, uh, English, well, or French. It's the same today, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what they would do is, like, say, example, I am a pirate. I'm coasting near a French ship from France. Mm-hmm. I would put up a France uh, flag that I've obviously apprehended somewhere along the way, hmm. be it looting pirated, or pirated, if you, if you want. Uh, that would be up on my hoist, and then as soon as I got close enough to him, that would come down, and my Jolly ra- uh, Roger would come up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so it's like kind of a surprise. Hey, <laughs> we're not who you think we are. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so you, you had to be careful back then. I mean, the boats are coming close to you. You were like, okay, is that an ally or an enemy? Right. You, you, didn't, you, and you really know. don't know until you're bumping up against them. And at that point, yeah, it's too late. Yeah. Cannons are going off everywhere, right? No wonder everybody drank. Now, some, here's some other cool facts. Okay. That the captain actually was voted in by the pirates on the ship. So it's democracy. Other, so actually there was a democracy. Now, um, also, too, they also would have say in where they would go, their destinations. Oh, so the I captain see. would tell them, here's where we're going to go, guys. Right, and they okay. would vote on it yeah. um, as a democracy. Yeah. And that was it. Now you're saying, well, what happens, for example, if someone wants to take over the captain? Yeah. So what the, you could do is one or... sailor can actually um, ravage all the other crew up and say, I'm your new captain. Right. Yeah. And they have like a mutiny right. kind of thing. A mutiny. Right? So what ends up happening is a mutiny on a ship. The whole crew is decided that this is the guy who's going to represent them next. Mm-hmm. And then that captain either gets detained either down in the, the bowels of the in ship. The brig. The brig. Right. Or gets basically booted off the next land that they land, they dock onto. Okay. Or like, like, bye-bye, farewell, see you later. Yeah, yeah. Remember, uh, J- Jack Sparrow gets thrown on that little island out of the middle of nowhere, deserted onto an island and uh, yeah, never well, to be seen again, right? Like, is this sort of where Walking the Plank came from or anything like that? Or? No, Walking the Plank, actually, when I've read so far, and I could be wrong on this, actually didn't happen as much as we portray it in our movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, they would actually just kind of throw them overboard and if, if there's an island nearby, and that was it. The Walking the Plank thing, I think, was kind of derived from um, the movie industry, kind sure. of, sort of say. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Well, it makes for a pretty good suspenseful scene. Well, yeah, so. of course. You know, <laughs> the mistress in her dress on the plank, and yeah. You know. So, so speaking of um, you know lousy ways to die, what what would happen if an opposing <laughs> state uh, caught up with you, either as a privateer or a pirate, you get thrown in jail? What? Uh... Yeah. So, um, so what do we do back then? If you were associated with pirates, or you were a pirate yourself, mm. you would be hanged. So there actually is a story I read where these two fishermen, um, a meal mm-hmm. with a pirate, the Navy was chasing this, this pirate down. Mm-hmm. They came across these two fishermen who claimed that, yes, we did meet up with him um, and that we had, you know, a meal with him and everything else. They hanged them because of their association to the pirate. Oh, you're kidding me. No. That's pretty brutal. Yeah. So you made sure that if you're talking to a pirate, you run the other way. You know what I mean, like you, you just didn't associate under them. control, right? I guess it kind of prevented, you know, um, you protecting them, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess uh, that's good because we certainly don't have any uh, 
laws mm -hmm. on the books that can convict people for guilt by association nowadays. <coughs> exactly. Sounds yeah. like you're getting my cough. Yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, a really cool day of the year, actually, is uh, September 19th. Every year, that's actually Talk Like a Pirate Day. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Since 1955. 19 no 95 95 I, I am my numbers are off today i swear to god you don't so do since, numbers well i know since yeah. 1995 it's actually talk the pirate day yeah yeah no i mean i've seen so, this on the cool. internet a little bit yeah it's uh it's fun okay it's fun so the next thing we want to talk about is mailbag yes mailbag all right so the letter i got is from josh hmm. and he talks Hi, josh. <laughs> he's out there somewhere i know hmm. So he talks about cinnamon. So he made some sort of dairy uh, drink with uh, cream, mm -hmm. and he threw a cinnamon stick into it. And he said, yeah, it had a tinge of cinnamon, but it wasn't really cinnamon enough. Like, it didn't actually have the impact of the cinnamon. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've had this with, like, hot chocolate and stuff before, quite honestly. Like, chuck a cinnamon stick in there. Yeah, and it well, doesn't... because hot chocolate, that would probably work because the temperature of the water is very hot, right? It's hot. Yeah. So it's going to affect the cinnamon in a different way than, say, a blended drink. Sure. Yeah, like right, a chilled. Ice. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Right. So the same process you're going to do as we talked about before with infusion. So what you do is you're going to make simple syrup, which is water and sugar. Right. Mix those together. Get that to dissolve on a low heat. Mm -hmm. um, then throw some cinnamon sticks in there and let that sort of sit off to the side, room temperature, mm -hmm. uh, for an hour or so or whatever. And then after that, um, you're just going to strain the cinnamon sticks oxy out of, obviously, that liquid. Right. Put that into whatever container you have. I put mine into uh, something with a pour spout. And uh, that's your cinnamon syrup. I see. Yeah. Could you, like, um, uh, grate the cinnamon? Would that help at all? Um, that's more for the garnish on top. Like, you know, say if you're doing something that's got a like bit of froth to it. Like an eggnog kind of Exactly. Thing. But okay. you're still not going to get this full impact. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. As if you do a cinnamon syrup. I see. Because now it's throughout the drink. It's not just sitting on top on the froth. Mm -hmm. Right? All right. And that's how you do it. Well, duly noted. Okay, cool. So that is our show, folks. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, like again, sorry for the delay. We're hoping to be about every two weeks, I guess we figured, somewhere around there. Yeah, that should that should work for both our schedules. Yeah, yeah. We do have opposite schedules, by the way. Um, you know, yeah, he works I day, got a day job. I work night. He's got a night job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So a couple of things we want to talk about. Uh, one of the things is that we have a website called www.tikicentralcanada.ca. All one word. Yeah. No hyphenations in there or no spaces. Um, and uh, if you go on there, you'll see, check it out. We're on there. Also, too, we've now added on, um, now through request, if you don't have iTunes, um, you could actually go on there and go through Google Play, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Which is what I use. So, yeah. So, so um, Google Play, iTunes. Also, too, there also will be a link on there, too, for the podcast itself. So, example, say if you're out somewhere and you don't have access to iTunes or Google Play, you can actually click the link on the page and actually the podcast will play through whatever device you have. Well, and that's actually how I've gotten a couple of my uh, foreign friends to sign up. There you go. Because so. they don't have either. Or, you know, it's just easier access, right? Yeah. So, on there also, too, is a blog, folks. So, on there, we really do highly recommend uh, we get questions from you guys or comments. Um we're probably the worst of our own. Or we're probably our worst nightmare when it comes to critics. Um, we always critique our stuff all the time, mm -hmm. and, well, uh, and I'm constantly critiquing you. So. I and I, I hear that on a daily basis, folks. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. It's usually over Mad Tom's. Um, <laughs> it seems the more Mad Tom's it gets in, the more critical he I gets. I just get madder. That's well, that's why they call Mad Tom's. <laughs> so on there, anyways, there is the uh, blog page, so you can ask your questions or queries. 
Uh, also, too, we've talked about before, cautionary tales. Uh, we're definitely looking for some cautionary tales. Absolutely. So if you have a really whopper of a one, don't be afraid to drop us a line and let us know. And uh, we'll bring it on the next podcast for sure. Um, so I think that's pretty well about it, right? I think so. I think it's, uh, you know, it's looking pretty snowy out there. And I feel like it it's time to roll around. It took a long time to get home. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So I think I'm going to do is going to make up some, um, well, let's make up some daiquiris since we just talked about them today and we'll go from there. Hey, if you're mixing, I'm drinking. Okay. Well, let's go for it. Beauty. Sounds good, folks. Take care, folks. Bye. Well, I don't know about you, but I got it for Hey, guys, right? Hey, where's my drink? Hey, where's my drink?